new episode of the Pocket of Wisdom podcast on King Canvas. My name is Deborah, and I'll be your host today. And on this podcast, I like to invite God-loving people from different walks of life to share their wisdom because I believe that God cares about what you care about and we get to learn what God is doing in the lives of those around us. And I am so humbled today that I have with me Miss Pinky from ISC College and One Academy. And before I go on, Miss Pinky, would you do us the honors of telling us more about yourself? Certainly. Hi there, everybody. Deborah, thank you so very much for um, taking that time to consider that I'm worthy to be appearing of in course, your podcast. Of course, Miss Pinky, that's not even a question. <laughs> Um, well, a little bit of background so that, yeah, you know, um, I, I guess it's just good to, to introduce ourselves to the uh, audiences. Uh, you can call me Pinky. My name is uh, Pinky Koo. I've been uh, a lecturer at uh, colleges in and around the Klang Valley for nearly 20 years. That's a good two decades wow. worth. Two decades. And, um, you know, in lecturing, it was truly, truly a great pleasure. Uh, and uh, a wonderful surprise to come across such um, faith, uh, faith-led students such as Deborah herself, yes, thank you. and various <laughs> um, Christian students out there that uh, um, always show that they have this ability to stand out slightly differently from the others. So um, it brought me back to connect with her, and uh, that's why I'm here today, joining yes. you. <laughs> And Miss Pinky, before you became a lecturer, mm. I understand that mm. you were mm. a broadcast and announcer mm-hmm. for yeah. close to mm. nine? I would say a whole decade, definitely. A whole decade, yeah. right. Yeah. That's a really long mm. time. Yeah. So, mm. um, what mm. led you to become mm. a broadcast slash announcer? Did you always grow up mm. wanting to be one? Mm. I would say it definitely def- never happens that way. Right. Mm. There are many, um, you know, things that happen in um, the career development of people um, where um, there are times if you um, sometimes really allow God to begin by planting some seed of uh, uh, His guidance into you, then you see yourself um, sometimes taking a certain direction Mm -hmm. uh, in, well, the pathway, all right? Mm -hmm. So um, for myself, it was really upon finishing college and I Mm. was in one of the uh, leading colleges in Pataling Jaya. And uh, upon finishing my uh, my studies there, and uh, uh, we're talking about the uh, bachelor's level, right? Um, um, it um, it it uh, I was really doing mass comm, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, in that way, I was pursuing a direction that I wanted, but it mm. wasn't because I wanted to get into broadcasting. It was really because. Um, I wanted to be trained to be a journalist more than anything else. And uh, it just, um, you know, it started from young when uh, you are picked up uh, by your teachers to know that you've got certain skills. And for me, it was very definite that my skills was in um, communication. It's basically on writing, you know, and uh, being good and being focused on it. And I kind of got that sense that this is going to be my pathway in life anyway. So there I went into um, KDU College. Some of you may have heard of it. It's in uh, Damansara. And uh, upon finishing studies, um, I, uh, um, I left and uh, I was um, go- yeah I-, I went into music industry. Wow! Ah, and these were recording companies. Mm. They were um, the big recording companies were very much in their boom era. Ah, mm. so we are talking about some um, leading ones. I'm not sure if Deborah, you know them. Warner Music, yes, EMI Music, yeah, BMG. Yeah. You know, mm. these were um, the recording companies that were out there, and they were seeking people who were trained with creative arts, humanities, or communications background. Right. Mm. So um, I knew even when I stepped into the industry that it wasn't going to be straight off going in into, um, say, newspaper work because I wanted Mm. to see what was available first. Right. Uh, So um, that part of me wanted to experience how um, people in the industry were like, you know, get a sense of what kind of people I would expect, you know, in creative Mm. and uh, in in mass comm related sectors. And so I I ended up working for uh, two different record. Uh, recording outfits or companies Mm -hmm. and uh, it was in that period that I met with mentors I would say Mm. Mm -hmm. and again um, it is just really something you cannot predict when a mentor steps into your pathway who would change your perspective 
who mm. would give you that kind of um, uh, guidance and um, uh, make you see things uh, very deeply and make you question mm. yourself as well. Right. And those questions for myself, it was like, if I were to go, you know, and, and do media work, how can I contribute? How could I be mm. um, someone of um, value to the industry mm. and maintain my principles? Right. Mm. Because um, I was also very um, um, aware, critically aware at that time, that people working in creative sectors, um, because they come from all kinds of backgrounds, yes. um, uh, you would meet people who were centered on various values, you know? That's right. Materialist values and uh, people who were like party animals yes. and people who would just live their life on a day-by-day -day basis, you mm. know? And there was this... Um, a lot of uh, attachments of the, uh, the the stereotype of people working in um, creative sectors, like say entertainment, the music business, you know, mm. um, the um, it was a lot more play than it was work, right? Mm. And true. this could take them into territories, into certain dark places, mm -hmm. yeah, and uh, or they get tempted. Yes. You know, everything, in, in, in every aspect, this temptation is all over the industry. So um, meeting mentors while I was at it actually helped me to settle down, to ask these questions of myself. How can I um, use my time if I'm going to step into broadcasting mm. and uh, do this kind of work? How can I come across to become somebody who is value-centered, mm. you know, and say I um, open my mouth and speak, you know, or I am um, doing some, say, uh, uh, MC work, which I did a lot of as well. Mm. And so um, um, with the guidance of these uh, uh, good people that God has sent into my life, I would say that it just naturally led me into uh, applying for a job in RTM. Right. Uh, and uh, the, the time was 1990s. Okay. Wow, well, I wasn't even born. Not at all. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Ah. Um, ICT, I think, may have just kind of like got started. Yeah. Uh, yeah but right. you know, it was uh, it was smaller then. You know, mm. as a college. So we who were in the industry, um, we were given chances to 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 be of service to the government, and mm. that's because um, the uh, at that time in the nineteen nineties, um, the uh, our prime minister. And uh, uh, who is uh, Dr. Mahathir, yes. Tun Mahathir? Um, he was opening up a speak English um, in public spaces, and uh, it was like a English speaking programs. Right. Mm. And uh, he wanted it to be rolled out or implemented in such a way whereby um, he could see it at every level of uh, civil service. You know, whether you were stepping up to receive a service at the counters in the government, mm. or whether it was like like listening to people like me on the radio doing you know work, or of course the the broadcasters were on television as mm. well. And so I was encouraged by the mentor that um, that I was uh, you know following to to try my luck. Right. <laughs> You call it that, you know, just go try your luck, you know, you lose nothing, just go for your audition. And so that's what I did. I ended up for 10 and a half years, just close to about 11 years, mm -hmm. at um, the station called Radio Music. And wow. that is one of the radio um, uh, stations that is managed by RTM Networks, which is, as you know, is government owned. Yeah. Wow, that's that amazing, Miss mm. Pinky. I, I love you brought up the fact that you mm. ask yourself very important questions before you entered the particular field how mm. can you contribute mm. and you wanted to mm. hold on to your own value system as you entered to. it mm. as well mm. not to just look at the glam that mm -hmm. we notice on social the surface the surface yeah. that's mm. right without mm. actually dipping um, yeah. digging deeper mm. to yeah. know the reality of mm. entering a particular mm. industry I it can be so. any mm. industry for that yes. matter yes for that matter mm -hmm. Mm. So, Miss Pinky, mm, yeah. um, for the time that you have spent mm. as um, a radio mm -hmm. announcer, mm -hmm. what were some of the challenges that mm -hmm. you faced and what yeah. were your biggest takeaways during that period of time? Yeah. It, this is, uh, to me, the biggest question you're asking me. Yes. Because, um, <laughs> you know, to, to try and tell you all kinds of challenges that we face as a national level broadcaster, it's just kind of impossible for me to, to go, you know, and delve deeply into it. But I'll just scope it down uh, in the way that I understood it at mm -hmm. that time, all right? Okay. Um, having a national level um, exposure and audience where you are just speaking to your audiences whom you can't see by the way Deborah because mm -hmm. they are our radio listeners 
That's you know, true. and it wasn't like uh, in a sense where the, uh, the, the, the you know the uh, the networks hasn't transited yet to the digital uh, formats. You know, that what I'm makes saying? a lot of sense. No website. I tried to find your samples ah, back ah, then. Ah, I ah. failed, but yes, continue <laughs> speaking. Oh, there you go. Traditional media offers this uh, level of challenges whereby if you were to be a broadcaster, you're pretty much um, guided by and controlled by the ethical principles and guideline of how the um, the uh, Malaysian media would need to work. Right. Okay. And uh, so um, working in a radio station, you may have your own specific followership. Right. Um, but at the same time, at the end of the day, you are still needing to be a voice piece um, for mm. the government. Okay, because mm -hmm. working in RTM, Radio Television Malaysia, which is based in Angkasapuri mm -hmm. uh, in Bangsar, um, you, you would just always need to be grounded to know that uh, in your uh, everyday aspect of your the life, the work that you do, yes, um, there's a lot of uh, freedom um, to be able to um, speak in your own style, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, to, to, to let your personality shine. Yes. But um, no matter how, you're still grounded with the um, understanding that the government uses these platforms to mass disseminate messages to the publics. That's right? very true. And so, um, for me, it was a tussle between knowing how to differentiate um, using my voice mm. to carry propaganda mm -hmm. and using my voice to bear out my personality. Wow. Mm. That's so a balance there. Propaganda, personality. Mm. And that's not quite easy to do um, mm. because, you know, you're, you're always needing to kind of like step very carefully. Yes. Yeah. Um, overstep the line, such as, for example, if you were to um, carry out um, some jokes, you know, some parody or a certain snide or cynical statement and it seems to be hinting that you are um, criticizing some particular member right. of uh, you know political uh, what do you call uh, a party mm -hmm. or say some um, authority uh, by stepping over the line you would know that the consequences uh, have to be borne by you and you alone right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, it is these things that um, while they were challenging they taught me a lot as well and mm -hmm. it really matured me in those 10 years I was working in RTM to, to, to strike that balance. Mm. To right. um, be a voice piece of the government. Uh, some of these lessons of which I do share when I'm teaching my um, mass media students in ICT. Mm. But at the same time, uh, to try and maintain your own um, um, style and personality. And um, to let that come across as well, that you are still an individual and uh, you, can, you can still connect with um, certain listeners that like your presentation mode or your style, you know, that, that mm. sort of way. Mm. So I, I would have to say that uh, uh, the challenges were, were there. Uh, simplified like, compared to maybe your generation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I guess radio mm. back then yeah. and today is yeah. absolutely mm. very different. Would you say? Um, um, I think in Malaysia, the pace of change and adaptation mm -hmm. to um, digital networks and to um, technologies, new technologies in broadcast, uh, this this paces of change are um, slow, and uh, they don't necessarily reach the um, rural or the uh, um, smaller segments that are far away from s the cities. Right, mm. like um, you and I, you know, and a lot of people are listening to this podcast right now. We may be, um, we may be just sometimes taking it for granted yeah. that um, it's so easy to connect with somebody else, and on a daily basis, you can update, you can talk about, you know, what you're doing yeah. in your life. But um, people with less access. Um, or are indeed very far away from access to technologies such such as those in um, smaller cities and towns all over our country, right? Uh, including Sabah and Sarawak, um, they they th take things a little bit um, slower, right? And their pacing of um, understanding, say, government propaganda or any kind of um, messages that's disseminated, no matter whether it's on social media, whether it's on traditional, you know, media such as. Uh, television right and uh, radio their pace of understanding the the uh, rapid developments in KL is actually on a slower slower um, pacing yeah mm -hmm. slower rate and right. uh, they need reminders they need reminders and this is where um, media people and uh, I mean if there are people who are studying media who are listening to this podcast mm -hmm. right now this really is actually um, a um, 
what do you call that a, a, a bit of a advice from me yeah that mm. um, Malaysian public when they are listening to messages that's given to them on mass media and on social media if it is a good message they just need reminder they, they need mm. um, to get that message again and again it just may not do to actually deliver that message one time and uh, you know a lot of people like it or share that message yeah. you know or tuned in um, Malaysian society does tend to need reminders mm. that that message is beneficial for them yeah. or it's uh, important for them to understand those things all right it, it could be like what's happening in the midst that we are in right now a public health crisis yeah Mm. And those issues, you know, of the spreading of, um, say, uh, uh, a virus, you know, mm. or uh, misinformation, which, which yeah. is happening a lot around us, um, they need reminders, constant reminder that there are some uh, information that they've got to throw uh, away or at least think for themselves whether or not they should accept that kind of information that some stranger had shared with them. Mm. And they can't even trace, you know, where it comes yeah. from, but they choose to believe those things. Right. Yeah, and uh, mm. these are the biggest problems, I think. That's the difference between maybe people of my generation, yeah. people of your generation. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Is, that is very true. Miss Pinky, I was also wondering, what did you ever mm. face a time mm. where yeah. you were presented with a piece of information mm. that you did not feel mm. comfortable sharing? Mm. Um, I was just wondering. We always vet, yeah, Deborah. Mm. We are always needing to constantly um, self-censor. That's the best word for it, yeah. Wow, okay. Vet, filter, okay, mm. or self-censor certain information that we feel should really be unsuitable for uh, mass audiences. Mm. Uh, this is the one thing of training from RTM that I had gotten, mm -hmm. and it became stronger and stronger over the years that I worked there, you know, um, doing radio broadcasts, mm -hmm. where we can't just allow any kind of um, rubbish, <laughs> verbal rubbish, to be yeah. regurgitated or to just say it just because it was the latest update of a gossip that, you know, we have found on yeah. social media or indeed it's the latest piece of uh, news and that it's, if, if it is not verified uh, or if we, we sense, you know, and we suspect that there is um, some issues to do with the uh, authenticity of that, that um, message, um, I think uh, in my generation being a little bit more critically trained on this, mm. we would do a lot of self-filtering. So this um, pre-preparation actually helped us to ensure um, uh, unnecessary, what we call um, unnecessarily controversial or um, uh, too burdensome kind of information that may create um, chaotic response that we try to eliminate these things or we try to verify that information first. And uh, so um, I would say um, we, you know, in broadcasting, I think mm -hmm. a lot of broadcasters were a bit more careful and uh, we applied this um, self-censorship kind of uh, principle in doing our work. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of uncomfortable things, um, I think for this, I, uh, I do not really want to sound preachy on this mm -hmm. uh, because I know, you know, different... Uh, people out there would have their different style of judging mm -hmm. this. Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, if you if you sense that you are saying something that's just really going to come across cheesy, you know, and uh, phony, and um, it, it just doesn't sound believable, mm -hmm. and uh, you know that uh, you know people are going to react. Um, if you can use your own personal judgment and try to like avoid uh, making controversial statements, then mm. it could help you to protect your career, yeah. your reputation mm. for maybe a longer period of time. Yeah. Mm. Compared to what I notice is that some um, people who are in broadcast today or who are bloggers or who are influencers, yeah. they, um, without thinking through, they just choose to release and let go um, something from their heart or from mm. their opinion or very impulsive you know uh, ways by which they are saying things mm -hmm. and um, then they realize after they have um, released it or they have spoken out that it was just um, it, it just should not have been you know and mm. by that time they would have to either recall the statement make an apology you know mm. or um, explain themselves and it just gets them through a whole level of problem you know it's just mm. additional trouble for yourself so yeah. you might as well self-censor that little bit more mm. well i i'm so thankful that you shared that because it, it's very true what mm. you say that 
nowadays mm. everyone feels that they have to say something about something mm. even when they don't know enough yeah, about yeah. that particular situation mm. As, and I love that you are um, the way you conducted your whole uh, career you were very aware of the influence that you have and mm. the weight of the consequence of what would happen if you don't properly censor yourself or you mm. don't present a certain information mm. in a way that it should be presented especially yeah. now social media we yeah. could say anything anytime and Certainly. when we are mm. bloggers and mm-hmm. influencers yeah. that's when they react uh, yes to yes for the purpose of virality yes virality yeah virality. that's the word for it yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. for that particular uh, reason for why they feel they need to jump in and yeah. have their two cents worth yeah, just to just, jump just, on that mm, wave mm, of mm, particular subject of I that period of time. I guess so, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, it, it's been going on. and um, been. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, I'll just add one more benefit yes, of self-censorship as mm-hmm. well. And uh, y- I hope you all can see this in the right way as well, especially um, your generation. Mm. Um, it's, it's this. Um, by by being very, very cautious in the certain things that you are um, to release or to actually disseminate yeah, mm. to an audience that's being influenced by you, mm. um, you got a chance to really protect the image of your industry. Wow. Mm. 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 Yeah. Of the people who are all kind of like caught in that same boat, you could yeah, say, you yeah. know, and everybody's do their, doing their thing, you know, whether you are a vlogger, whether you are a blogger, mm-hmm. whether you are a YouTuber, you know, yeah. uh, or, or releasing content in whichever way, or managing your content, or whether you are indeed, yeah, on radio, TV, or, you know, digital spaces, um, by having that little bit more concern about where you should put the, a, a line and not step across that, you're actually protecting the rest of those who are inside that industry. Wow. Mm. That mm. is really so true. Thank you for sharing that, Miss Pinky. You're most welcome. So, mm. what I believe. when was the point mm. where you mm. decided to make a change Aha, and okay. a shift <laughs> to become a lecturer? Tell yeah. us more about that. Would you really call that a shift? Because, yeah. I, I was a broadcaster mm-hmm. and I am today, yeah, and have been for close to two decades uh, a lecturer, yeah. right? To, to me, um, teaching and communications, Deborah, it's the same thing. Oh, mm. right. Yeah. When you teach, you communicate. Yeah? That is very When true. you broadcast or if you're a journalist, you communicate as well. I mm. agree. Can mm. I just add something here that when I was... Mid- in Miss Pinky's class, it would sometimes feel like it was a live radio show because <laughs> of the way she um, communicated no. <laughs> what she was teaching. And I was really so blessed because um, being an announcer or a broadcaster was a path that I was considering also. So I really looked up to you, Miss Pinky. I was just going to put that out there. Okay, please continue. That revelation. <laughs> now I can see why your eyes were like, you know, so strictly following me when I was going through all my lesson notes, you know, and taking you <laughs> through you know. the, or some of the boring subjects, you know, maybe. <laughs> but there you were, definitely. Yeah. I was I blessed really, with really two years that were really listening to me. I really did yeah. learn a lot from you. Yeah. And I I really mm. loved the way you presented yourself and how you were just really invested in us. That was that is something that I won't forget. So yeah, thank you. I still am. I really still am invested in the helping the young generation to understand that uh, communication is lifelong, and it's not mm. just because the cameras are on you, mm. you know, or the um, people's ears are listening to you. Mm. Um, it's the way that you present yourself um, with sincerity and. Mm. Uh, t- to the best that you can, you know, without hiding um, your your true self, you know, from people, and that's maybe a little hard to do, yeah, in mm-hmm. today's um, well, into in today's circumstances where media seems to be like an added screen. To me, it, yeah. it it's just become like a screen to um, disconnect us from people. That know? is very true. So mm-hmm. when I stepped into um, um, doing teaching, it was again um, a God blessed and God led kind of uh, pathway mm. and uh, it had to do with me settling down all right, right. and um, wanting to uh, have time where I can build my family mm. Mm. so um, after about um, 10 plus years I would say near to about the 11th year mm-hmm. um, I decided that though I received some um, 
uh, what is that word that uh, some offers yeah offers, some right. offers from the private radio stations uh, they were asking me am I willing to migrate you know you've hung in there in RTM for quite mm. a number of years you yeah. are well trained you know you should just go for private radio now if I took that pathway Deborah you know what today you're probably listening to me on the radio <laughs> it just yeah. I would be very happy okay. also I mean I wouldn't mind that <laughs> But that, that's all I was going to be. Right. I thought that as I grew older, I should really give back. You know, mm. and I needed to feel that I could touch another generation and, and to just release everything back again in terms of what I've learned and uh, well, you know, the, the knowledge that was so hard for me to actually gather. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, um, to touch and to, to experience what it was like to, uh, to be a guide of um, the younger generation. Wow. And so um, along the way, after um, I got married, a few years after that, my baby came along. Mm -hmm. He's a rather giant guy today and right. he is uh, a good nearly he's like yeah nearly 20 years you know mm -hmm. old already and so um, he's grown up too but uh, um, at that time you know when I was uh, wanting to settle down and uh, start the family and to ensure that I could spend quality time I um, decided that um, doing broadcasting wasn't very suitable because right. um, um, there were a lot of um, shifts, you know, that required me to be in the studio mm -hmm. at, um, shall we call it, ungodly times? <laughs> yes, I Yeah, past totally midnight, understand. you know, yeah, and yeah. you'll be working all the way in the night and in such a way it would disturb your lifestyle, di yes. disturb, yeah, your um, balance, you know. So mm -hmm. I decided that it was just wonderful experience, but I said no to some of those private radio stations so mm -hmm. that I could... Um, uh, firstly, um, find a career that allows me to feel that I'm settling down to the next phase of life. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, where you have a child and uh, you are a bit more committed, yeah, with yeah. your family. And then um, with that, I can still use the, um, well, experiences or the skills that I've gained to actually touch the next generation. So that was the reason why I jumped ship <laughs> and moved from uh, broadcasting into teaching. That's and that's lasted wonderful. me quite a number of years. I love seeing different generations of students. Um, I have seen um, millennials. I have um, taught uh, Gen Y. And up until today, I am teaching Gen Z, I think. Yes, mm. yes, you are. You are teaching Gen <laughs> Amazing, Z. Amazing, yeah. Mm -hmm. ah. And that is, that's the interesting part. You, got, you are teaching two different generations of people or rather you have had that experience yeah. so mm. after teaching mm. for so yeah. long yeah. what have you observed uh -huh. about your students mm -hmm. as you have said gen y gen z and what are your hopes for them for us mm. gen y <laughs> <laughs> you really label yourself gen y i guess I, so I'm yes at, yes really i'm actually is. at mm. the age mm. So right mm. after me would be Gen Z. Already. There you go. Yeah. Okay then. Mm -hmm. So every every year counts, you know, in kind of like yeah, yeah putting into a certain segment, yeah. isn't it, out there? And, and the mentality of um, uh, younger people today does actually kind of like shift around, you know, depending on their uh, one factor being their engagement with the media, just one of the factors. Mm. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's kind of um, from the observation that I've seen, mm. both in the classroom and in a general sense, looking at the. Um, communication habits, you know, of um, the various generations that I've taught. I think this is where I have um, seen um, qu um, quite a lot of differences between the mm. people of today and, say, my generation. Mm. Um, I, I want to begin by saying something very positive, yeah. which is that I find the um, millennials and particularly your generation, Gen Y, and then moving on as well now into Gen Z, I see that many of the youth today are very resourceful. Mm. Wow. Very resourceful in um, building uh, relationships mm. uh, with people that matter and mm. um, uh, being very um, clear in um, some of the goals that they want. You know, they set certain goals and some of them are able to um, really go out there and achieve those goals. Wow. I, I really admire the, the young generation for this think that word that I have in mind is temerity, you know, mm. and this steadiness by which some of them really pursue things up until, you know, they have said, I have succeeded in doing something. You know, it may just be a small project. It may just be that they wanted to learn something and then mm. they gain that, you know, and to them it's this thrill. And then because there are social networks today, mm. they express it a lot. 
Yeah. And so that's where people like me, you know, we encounter it, right? And we will see, you know, how you will post um, what you have achieved, you know, whether you finished this marathon, you know, or you have done uh, yeah. some video content, you know, that you've actually learned something on your own. And it's like, it's just really wonderful to see this resourcefulness. And uh, it, it, it's not from book knowledge so much, mm -hmm. but um, a mix of maybe um, uh, basic education and then looking around at the world around them. And that's, that's one thing that I've noticed it seems to be um, really wonderfully encouraging. Wow, that's, mm. that's great. The opposite side of the spectrum yeah. would be the um, uh, cases where I've also noticed this over-dependence mm. yeah, on um, using the platforms yeah, that you have today, you know, various social network platforms. Yeah. And you have that to do a lot of self-broadcasting. Self-broadcasting, self yeah. yeah. Um, podcasts. Podcasts, <laughs> like this one. It really, we can't deny it. Yes, we, it is. can't deny that mm -hmm. it is very much um, trying to get a certain uh, followership, you know, of mm -hmm. people who might want to uh, tune into a certain content, yeah. okay, yeah. and then um, uh, to be able to speak out, you know, on some issues, mm -hmm. right? So um, these things are good. But um, I think uh, if you are too overwhelmed by all kinds of uh, media mm. platforms out there, uh, some people, again, can't quite differentiate between those that are beneficial and those that are a little bit um, kind of off track. Mm. And uh, it's very distracting, you know, mm. to follow people that you're not really that 100%, well, you know, that tuned yeah. into, yeah. yeah, but you're just following maybe because it's a trend and other That's people true. are following this same influencer and yes. you need to be seen to be following that same person as well, yeah. Yeah. you know, so I think this jumping into this bandwagon of trends, um, it's, it's something that's happened even in my generation, mm. but um, the alarming thing that I've noticed, Deborah, mm. is that um, it's happening too fast. It mm. is. It's happening in such a way that you are not so connected with those that you're following anymore. Yeah. And you can't extract any value mm -hmm. from being a fan, you know. Yeah. You, you really don't know what their personality is like. Mm. And it just so happened that this person is trending, yeah. And mm. this person's, you know, Instagram is uh, absolutely, you know, the mm. number one. And uh, um, you, you're following for the sake of following what everybody else is following. Yeah. Ah. So I, I feel that these could be um, the, the non-reflection uh, component of uh, media usage yeah. that could get some of uh, the younger generation into a bit of trouble. That's mm. true. A gallery from what you're sharing, we have sort of confused knowing about someone and knowing someone. Mm -hmm. And social media the, does a really quote-unquote mm. great job at mm. making us feel like mm. we know someone mm -hmm. based on what we see whereas 80% mm -hmm. of the time mm. not be the case when we actually mm. get to know that person mm. because mm. it's um, a persona sometimes it's a persona mm. it's, it's persona. a persona too mm. sometimes it's people's mm -hmm. bread and butter that's yeah. true this so is they will have to the aspect of how they have to present themselves yeah, yeah. Um, in, in comparison, mm -hmm. um, in that time when I was a broadcaster, mm. I actually had specific followership mm -hmm. for um, not just say the style of programming, mm -hmm. but maybe the music that was played. And we mm. would hear from them. They weren't just people who liked us and uh, who commented on things that we said, but they would, you know what, in that time, right, traditional media, yeah, they would write letters to us. That's oh, amazing. Yes. Postcards, wow. letters, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, the least they could do is they would call oh. in. Yeah, yeah, those call-in programs, you know. And they would actually, like, um, say, you know, hey, yeah, you know, I, I heard that you played this song last week, you know. Hey, what was that song, you know. And, and then they call you again and again. And from this, it just feels like you're kind of connected to a, a real someone. Yes. Yeah, yes. that you've actually spoken to. Mm. And that, uh, you know, who, who is, seems to be a, a follower and who's mm. at least tuning in to the things that you're doing. So mm. I feel this um, connection um, somehow was um, a, a little bit more expressed and um, of course it was a more simple time. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. You, you could not interact so much. So of course, yeah, the, the listeners would just um, write into us, you know, or at least they would call into us. But today there are so many ways of interaction yes. on social platforms. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And people are getting yeah. really creative with it as well. Oh. Yeah, and <laughs> Miss Pinky, mm. um, you, I think you brought mm. up uh, an important point that the whichever generation, mm. like for for example, mm. us, we are all looking for someone to inspire us, uh, 
uh, someone that we can learn from. I think that is part of why they love following certain um, celebrities. I and mm. um, yeah. they, because they want to mm. be like them, right? And so mm. I think that mm. brings up mm. um, the important point of intergenerational mm. mentorship and mm. partnership. I don't think that's the right Collaborative, word. Collaborative yeah, yeah. work, you know. Collaborative mm. work. And I think you mm. are playing a big part in that because you are a lecturer and you mm. have direct contact with students and I'm sure many of them would look mm. up to you mm. and to, you know, to want to learn from you as well. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so from, from your opinion, right, this just came to my mind. Mm-hmm. What do you think would mm-hmm. be a greater way mm-hmm. for us as different generations mm-hmm. to learn mm-hmm. from each other? Because mm-hmm. I think there is mm-hmm. sometimes we spend mm-hmm. too much time mm-hmm. categorizing each other mm-hmm. and assigning blame for certain subject matters mm-hmm. to a certain generation. Right. And I don't mm-hmm. think that is a good way mm-hmm. for us to... Yeah learn from one another mm-hmm. if we want to you know build a better generation in mm-hmm. the future right yes so mm-hmm. so from your opinion do mm-hmm. you have any thoughts on this? um maybe in the in a sense that this is really quite broad framed on mm-hmm. the knowing um uh, different aspects of people's um, personality mm. and uh, the psychological framework of a person as well. Mm. Um, I think I can only speak as a um, an educator mm-hmm. who had um, who who have had the privilege to encounter um, so many kinds of students mm-hmm. that sometimes they um, they really really need guidance and mm. they show us you know and we do sense it that some of the younger generation um, may be swimming in the dark. You know, right. and they are they're hoping to get a a, a, um, a light from somewhere, mm. right? And uh, it can only be that um, surrounding them, perhaps they are not getting enough um, things like family type of um, guidance, right? Yeah, um, and, and here it's not about uh, educating and putting you in school, you know, or having the right kind of teachers. It's um, um, a person in developing themselves have really got to um, sit down and reflect over and beyond how you are relating to other people. Mm. I think it's really important to sit down and reflect what is your purpose in life that yeah. has brought you so far, mm. you know, has brought you through, say, some um, um, things that have happened, right, through some traumas or through some uh, loneliness, because mm. I do know some of the younger generation say so as well, you know, mm. that they, they are left on their own and they are, yeah. you know, their parents are kind of busy mm-hmm. doing their own thing and then this intergenerational gap has happened yeah. and um, if they feel so left behind or at least um, kind of told to take care of themselves, you know, yeah. that then they would. And upon doing that, sometimes they do meet um, some, uh, well, you know, people in their lives who are not so good influence for them. Yeah. So I think um, it is important for the younger generation to feel that uh, if they could, to find ways to keep on um, uh, channeling their, their problems, if they could, mm. with someone that they really trust. Yes. And you know, if there isn't any person whom you could just talk to or mm. really want to open up, mm. then I think God above can just really be the one that yes. you can just ultimately just open up mm. and say, you know, I just don't know where I'm going, you know, and um, all these are the problems that I have in my life. And just kind of like speak to God mm. and, and just tell him, that you know I, I, I just don't know where my direction is yeah. I'm swimming in the dark you know mm-hmm. and I can't find my way out yeah. and I'm surrounded by these temptations and that kind of problem and you know everybody's like um, not quite on my back you know and yeah. uh, I, I'm not getting any support you know not no breakthrough mm-hmm. so please God you know just and, and just just call up to God and say you know I need help if there's no other one you can talk to talk to God Deborah yeah, mm, this is what I think. I love that you brought it up that we need to come to a point in our lives where we ask ourselves what is our purpose. As uh, Simon Sinek usually always says, we need to know our why. Mm. We need to know mm. our why before we figure out how mm. to achieve that what. He always Makes says sense. the most mm. important question that we mm. need to ask ourselves is to understand our own why. Mm. And 
I think that even if we don't ask ourselves that question, life will push us mm. to a space where we will ask that question. I guess so. Yeah. Why are we here? Mm. Right? Mm. And you brought up a true statement that sometimes the people around us, mm. we may feel like we may not, we can't reach out to them. Mm. I mean, the ideal picture would mm. be everyone around us is amazing and we can open up right, to right. them. Mm. And that is what we all hope for and yeah. we all yearn for. Yeah. But just in case mm. you are in a situation where yeah. you feel like no i i can't i don't feel comfortable yeah sometimes not even you can't you just don't feel comfortable yeah. mm. opening up mm. to those that are around you mm. god is always 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 available mm-hmm. and he wants to mm. listen to us mm. and he's waiting for us to reach out mm. to him as mm. well I'll call him my number one listener. Yes. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. And I was, we are so thankful <laughs> for that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And so, Miss Pinky, mm. I also understand that mm. you shared with me earlier yeah. that 2020... Yeah. That's last year, yeah? That is last year. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, apart... 2020, mm. apart from the pandemic, yeah. was also a yeah. pretty tough year for you. Yeah. So, would yeah. you mind just sharing? No worries. Mm. I think uh, uh, everyone who's like possibly listening right now, um, we have survived together. All right. So you have all done your part to um, to keep safe, you know, and um, to to face the challenges, right? Yeah. That this public health crisis had happened, you know, and we all had our own um, issues. Um, mine was, I could say. Um, made a little bit more uh, tougher or it was a test really more yeah. than anything else because um, I have gone through treatment yeah, for breast cancer right. mm. and I was diagnosed um, in the, the September of 2019 mm. um, to, um, uh, to have a breast cancer mm-hmm. and uh, upon the diagnosis um, it wasn't long before I was recommended to get through all the necessary treatments mm. and so um, for a good six months, I had to begin with the uh, the treatment, which is called chemotherapy. Yes, I, I chemotherapy. think you've heard of it, yeah. And so, uh, with this first round of treatment, it was just something that um, 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 I had to go through. Um, but uh, after the uh, the testing that was done, you know, at the end of chemotherapy, um, my uh, surgeon, you know, and the doctors. Um, they were treating me. They felt that I had to go th- for the other necessary treatment as well. Mm. And uh, this was for a total removal of the tumor, which right. um, the chemotherapy, unfortunately, ha- hadn't sh- been able to shrink it so much. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go through the other procedures that's related to breast cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is called um, the uh, removal. Uh, it's a bilateral removal, right. meaning the removal of breasts. Mm-hmm. And this is called mastectomy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, upon that, it was also the commencement of the uh, sort of like a, a cap treatment. Uh, it's called radiotherapy. Right. Mm. And uh, I am done with all these necessary critical things. They all took place in the months where everybody was staying at home. Right. I had to go back and forth to the hospital, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's just quite incredible how. God just really <laughs> took me through all that. I can't help but to say to him, like right here, right now, I thank him entirely for giving me that strength going through all this. Because it isn't just a physical aspect of the treatment. Mm. It's, you know, mental. Yeah, yeah, it's mental as well. And uh, again, God led me through that time, very testing time. And here's the most... Um, wonderful thing he had done and this is nothing short of a miracle Deborah Mm -hmm. is that um, I actually didn't give up teaching over those times wow I just adjusted the treatment around the classes Mm -hmm. that I I have you know and uh, so in such a way where um, I I may have lessened the teaching hours Mm -hmm. but I didn't entirely like sit at home you know and just kind of rest and lay back in a bed there and not do anything Mm -hmm. I think that may have driven me a bit yeah crazy so I talk to myself, you know, look, you know, I'm, I'm quite fine, you know, and I think I can still do my thing and teach. And so I requested for uh, the management of the colleges, you know, that I was teaching in to, to let me carry on. Yeah. And uh, so I think if, if I could go through this, I, I hope it, it, it's a bit of a, a way that I could encourage 
people who are facing similar challenges as I am to, mm. to try it out as well. But you have to fully be dependent on your own um, faith yeah, in mm. God to, to take you through it. Mm. Wow, mm. Mr. Lee, how are you doing? Ah, it's now 2021, isn't it? Yes, yeah? it, is. it is I am full swing doing my regular thing. All my critical treatments are over. It is just mainly oral medication, yeah, now. Mm -hmm. And the tumor removal has actually um, um, kind of like um, brought back, a, a, shall we call it, a second life to me. And okay. I am um, hopefully a better lecturer than ever. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> because I, I definitely still um, haven't really, um, yeah, I, I don't think I have um, lost touch with, you know, things uh, around me or... Um, felt that I'm any weaker, you know, physically and therefore, please excuse me, you know, for, mm. for not uh, delivering or for not uh, doing what I have to do. So I've never really asked for any special treatment uh, mm. in and through this period that uh, I've been taken through. So the challenge had been um, given to me and I, I know that I can look back and uh, my family, I think, can testify mm. that um, going through it, um, had probably in a certain way um, strengthened them as well and mm. inspired them to see that um, if you really trust God, right, and uh, know that, by the way, medical treatment, uh, especially for breast cancer, is mm. really rather advanced today. Oh. Yeah, have some faith in the, um, uh, you know, in, in medication and uh, in medical science as well. Mm. Yeah, and just uh, work with the doctor. All right. At the same time, in your deepest of your heart, do have uh, the, the deepest that you can of um, faith in Him. Yeah. Wow. There's, there's no other way to get through this. Mm. Wow. Mm. Thank you, Miss Pinky, mm. for sharing. I think I'm really just so inspired by your mm. mental capacity mm. to just carry on. Mm. To do, you didn't allow your situation to stop you yeah. or to. Yeah change the way you looked at yourself and you just carried on mm. and I can't imagine what a year it must have been yeah, for you mm -hmm. and your mm -hmm. family mm -hmm. but I just want to praise God mm -hmm. that he has guided you through Amen. and I'm so mm. yeah. thankful that you are here today mm. and you mm. are as lively as ever, Miss <laughs> Pinky has never changed <laughs> yeah, since the time oh, I met her until today boy, but I'm right. really just so thankful for your vulnerability, for you to share so transparently and um, I'm inspired by your story mm -hmm. and I believe that everyone who is listening yeah. today will be inspired as well. Mm -hmm. So Miss Pinky, mm -hmm. as we come to a close to this mm -hmm. podcast, yeah. if you have one advice mm -hmm. that you would want to share with our listeners mm -hmm. today, mm -hmm. what would it be? Oh boy, alright. Maybe this question you should be asking me like another 10 years from now, you know, just really <laughs> hopefully, all right? Yeah. I got 10 more years ahead. You will. You, know? <laughs> you will, Miss Pinky. <laughs> I guess, you know, the wisdom that you, you think or you say that I have is only the, the wisdom that um, um, has come in because of the journey that I've taken in life. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody really goes through ups and downs mountains and valleys in life all right yeah. and if, if um, um some of you who are as young as um, deborah here um are going through uh some of these um valleys of mm. darknesses that you are feeling and it, it, if it just feels like there is no sun anywhere and that you can't see your breakthrough mm. um, it is those moments that i do really want to encourage um, all of you yeah no matter what your background is you know whether you are living in the middle of the city you're far away from the city and whatever your so social circumstances or your family circumstances are um, i think um, it is good to uh, keep ourselves focused on knowing that for so long as we are alive and that we are given precious life. Um, every day is a day that we can um, wake up and um, feel ourselves uh, able to, to show something to the world. We yeah. begin by embracing people with love and uh, to know that um, everyone makes mistakes. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and everyone has flaws. Mm. And everyone has insecurities. Yeah. Yeah. Y- young generation particularly. Mm. And um, I think it is important that you see yourself um, working through all these things as much as possible with people that you're surrounded by who are really um, on your side and yeah. who can listen to you without, you know, say, judging you mm. or uh, prejudging you and who, who are your, um, who are cheering for you. Yes. Yeah, because the more you are certain of having those people around you, it'll be, it'll be, it'll make the the task or the journey easier. Yeah. Mm. But if you can't um, see those kind of like um, uh, relationships being built, uh, if you are surrounded by people who are um, negative, you know, or who can't show you a way out, then um, uh, maybe rely more on your own self-reflective abilities mm. and um, question yourself. All right, on where you stand currently. Uh, what you have gone through mm. and indeed where are you going what is your purpose in life why are we here why yeah. are we all here yeah is um, it's this number one question that will always drive us onwards to know that every day is a wonderful blessing wow mm. that is absolutely beautiful miss mm. pinky thank you so much it is really <laughs> my privilege to have you here with me today and that you agreed so quickly to do this podcast with me I and think i'm so I thankful mm. i should i should have told you my story earlier on maybe you know when you were still yeah my student we were still there right, you know in the yes, classroom yes, you know yes. but here we are see god led us to this place where now i hope i can inspire maybe more people <laughs> i hope i i pray so yeah <laughs> yes thank you miss pinky thank you for Deborah. taking the time to be with me thank here you. today mm-hmm. and to the audience i hope you have been inspired by this story by miss pinky and i just want to remind you that everyone has a pocket of wisdom to offer and that includes you as well so if you like this if you think someone will be blessed by this do share it with them and with that do take care stay socially distanced and take care god bless bye stay safe god bless everyone